Today is Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Kirk Cameron is fighting back after libraries shun him. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, give us a rating, share it with a friend. Let's get through the news of the cray together. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell, Tragon Phillips on this mini Monday. What's up, fellas? Yeah, I could use some more coffee, but I'm here and I'm excited. <laughs> The news is crazy enough for all the coffee you could ever, ever think. And it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely not. But uh, a lot going on, as always. It's crazy, as always. Kirk Cameron had been shunned from these uh, libraries after those libraries, many of them had allowed drag queen story hours. So we're going to get into that on the main thing. Also coming up, guys, uh, Billy, we're going to be talking about this priest who... uh, was defrocked. What was going on? Yeah, Frank Pavone. He is no longer a priest, and it's a complicated story that I think people are going to want to hear a lot. A lot of questions about hypocrisy, if there is hypocrisy or not, when it comes to politics. Yeah. So we'll be getting into that. All right, we'll check all that out and more. But first, we are going to get through the news here in ninety seconds. And an Arctic blast this week is going to bring some really cold air down into the uh, United States here from Canada and North. And it's going to be one of the coldest in nearly 40 years. Daytime lows could hit early this week as low as negative 20 and negative 30 in parts of Montana. They probably don't put that on the tourism website. But sub-zero lows are going to be bleeding more into the high central plains. This is according to the Weather Prediction Center. Could even get wind... Uh, chills as low as negative 60. Meanwhile, the Northeast is going to get one of those bomb cyclones, which basically means we're going to have really cold, damp, rainy weather, maybe a little bit of snowy mix in there as well. And officials on the U.S. southern border are bracing for up to 15,000 crossings a day if Title 42 expires as scheduled tomorrow. And the FBI issued a national public safety alert yesterday Uh, warning that more than 3,000 miners have been targeted in the past year across the United States in online financial sextortion schemes. Targets boys primarily, coercing them into sending explicit images and then extorting them for money. Those are just some of today's top headlines, and you can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, I'm not ready for the coldest Christmas in nearly 40 years. Yeah, well, what's so depressing, I love a good white Christmas, and we're yeah. going gonna to be like at 60 degrees on Friday here in New York, and then we're going to plummet to 25 by Sunday with no snow. So thanks for nothing, Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird because I'm I'm in central Virginia, so like I'm right right in the, the Blue Ridge Mountains area. So we're, it usually gets pretty cold, but we're like a month, a full month ahead of schedule uh, with our, our cold temperatures because it's going to be on Christmas Day, it's going to be 29. So yeah, yeah it's going to be pretty cold but unfortunately there's not any well they're not calling for any snow we can still we can still pray because you know if it's going to be that cold we should get a benefit from being that cold yeah right you should be at least i don't ski but look cover the ground in snow so that if we're cold right make it look nice (laughs) we can at least ski well, I will just say, with all of this cold weather coming in, you can insert your favorite global warming joke. It doesn't just pick <laughs> any one of them uh, with your families and share them on Christmas Day this Sunday. You always wonder what the argument is. That's kind of kind of shifted into climate change when global warming, because you kept having times like this where it was like 
April and you'd get a snow on the ground in April or something like that. And um, we had to climate change, the had to, yeah, bit. had to switch it up a little bit, so yeah. it still how about, works. How about a little? How about a little global warming for Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'd take it. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's head into our, our next story here and the Catholic priest that has been defrocked and it's sparking some calls of hypocrisy. What's going on, Billy? Yes, this is Frank Pavone. He is the 60-year-old founder of Priests for Life. Now, this is a high-profile organization. I've known about them for years. Pro-life organization, again, led by this priest. Now, the Vatican apparently decided to charge Pavone with, and here are the two charges, quote, blasphemous communications on social media, and then, quote, persistent disobedience in communications with his bishop. Those are the alleged infractions that led to him being removed as a priest. Now, this is all based on um, Catholic News Agency. They were the ones who broke the story. They reviewed a letter that reportedly um, came in from the Vatican, from the Vatican ambassador to the United States that that detailed the dismissal, but didn't give apparently specific information on what those blasphemous communications were. And there was a letter that was attached, um, or a statement rather, attached to that letter that um, basically said that, that Pavone was given a chance to defend himself, um, which what's so interesting about this is that, you know, when we talked with Pavone, he said, well, we knew that there were proceedings going on for years. There's been tension, uh, but we had no idea that this decision was made. He said that he found out through the media that he was being wow. removed as a priest. So how's he responding to all this? Well, um, he's responding <laughs> in some very interesting ways. He's talking to the media. Uh, he told me that, look, you know, this is something that has been coming for years. He is not shocked by it, that he has had tension with the bishops over the pro-life issue. Um, basically alluded to the fact that he believes some of them have protected and concealed you know, the, the pro-choice side, or at least um, given them more credence than they should have had. He feels as though that, that priests should be doing everything they can for the pro-life movement and that he has felt called to that. And, and there's been a lot of debate again, this, this issue with communication and fighting with the bishops, you know, they have sort of wanted to pull him into different directions. He has felt called to this ministry of priests for life. And so there's, there's been tension there, but really what he said, and I think this is the most pertinent thing. You know, I said to him, what are you doing? You're going to leave They're They're saying you can't be a priest anymore. What's your plan? And he said, his plan is to continue in the pro-life movement. He's not going to step away. He also has no plans to step away from the Catholic church um, and said that he's hoping the next Pope, because by the way, this decision had to have come allegedly from the Pope. That's how high up it went Mm. that the next Pope he could appeal to, to be reinstated. Wow. That is, that is quite, uh, that is quite the story. And given when we've seen um, some other priests who have been political on the other side of the spectrum doesn't seem to get quite the same reaction. So why do you think this story, Billy, matters? Yeah, you know, the story matters for a lot of reasons. And by the way, I would say th- there's two sides to every story, right? They're, they're going to, there are a couple of things that, that, Pavone apparently did, you know, one of them was using the Lord's name in vain in a social media post Mm. and some other things that contributed to this. Uh, But the story does matter because even if he's guilty of these things that they're claiming he's guilty of, I think I'm not a Catholic, but for people outside of the Catholic world looking in, if your punishment for not listening 
and for doing these things is to be removed as a priest, then you'd have to say, well, what about people on the other side, right? What about priests who are advocating for, you know, same-sex marriage or other issues? Are they all being removed for not listening persistently? Are they all being treated the same way? But I think the bigger question in this, and this is something that he and and also another bishop down in Texas is actually defending Pavone and saying, look, you know, if you are going to be the president of the United States or you're going to be the speaker of the house and you're out there saying you're a Catholic, but you're pushing for everything that opposes Catholic teaching and you're not being punished for that in any way, how does that line up? And so I think that that is an important question to at least ask. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's a question that a lot of Americans on both sides of the aisle need to be asking is what am I putting first? Am I putting faith or politics first? And It sure does look like in a lot of instances, no matter what side you land on, it looks like politics are being considered in a lot of these situations more than the standard, the biblical standard that we have put forth. Now, clearly, we don't know all the all the things that have supposedly been done. Um, Obviously, taking the Lord's name in vain is not good for anyone, let alone someone in a position of spiritual leadership or authority. Very serious matter. But like you said, so so are all those other issues um, like same-sex marriage and promoting other sin. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's just you, you have a history of that going on with the most powerful people in the world, essentially, calling themselves Catholic when they're not doing Catholic things. Right. Yeah, that's what I was, I was just talking with somebody yesterday about uh, how we've kind of flipped the script upside down where we, we prioritize the political things, to your point, Dan, uh, way above, or at least our culture tries to force us to, politica, to focus on the political stuff before the stuff that actually matters, which of course is our faith and what scripture tells us to believe and uh, and the, the, the things that we're supposed to prioritize based on those convictions. But we live in a world that's turned upside down. So when you do prioritize the things that matter, you're kind of shunned or you're ostracized or you're, you know, you're looked at uh, for being the bad guy for taking a concrete position on an issue uh, instead of, instead of being more like, well, whatever is the the mainstream opinion. Um, So whenever you stick your neck out there, regardless of who you are, uh, if you're, if you're, if you have an opinion that's of of one side, uh, you're gonna, you're just going to have to get used to taking the heat. And I think it's just going to get, increasingly difficult to do that yeah Yeah, indeed indeed it is so appreciate you uh uh, covering this one uh billy i know that you spoke with uh the priest earlier and that interview can be seen in its entirety over on the cbn news youtube channel on faithwire.com and cbnnews.com so appreciate you bringing that that's going to lead us into our main thing and kirk cameron is fighting back This is after all these libraries declined to allow him to host a story hour um, to the kids when we all know that it's been widely reported that a lot of more controversial things have been allowed to be at some of these very same libraries for story hours with kids. And so what is Kirk Cameron doing to fight back? Well, Billy Hallowell talked to him and we have that for today's main thing. When actor Kirk Cameron recently reached out to libraries across America, he received a frigid response. We sat down with the actor to get the full story. So Kirk, you have a new book out, As You Grow, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but the book is actually at the center of a lot of headlines right now. You are at the center of a lot of headlines. You basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brave Books, 
the publisher, you guys reached out to numerous libraries, over 50 libraries around the country, because you wanted to go and read the book and share the book with the community, and nobody got back to you or they said no. Is that accurate? It's, it's important to, to, to frame this, um, that we reached out to many libraries around the country with my book, which is about biblical wisdom and teaching children how to grow the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. You would think that public libraries would be thrilled for a book that would teach these virtues to children. And we were denied by over 50 woke libraries that have hosted drag queen story hours. And one of them was in uh, Scarsdale, if I think I'm pronouncing that right. And they said that they were not willing to let me come read my book, although they were hosting a gender name change clinic the next day. Wow. And there were others. I'm sorry, that was not Scarsdale. That was in Indiana. My, my, uh, my mistake. Um, but in uh, Scarsdale and others in Rochambeau, Rhode Island, and uh, some others, it was things like, um, our messaging does not align. We're queer friendly. So, uh, so you can fill out a, a form and reserve some space, but we're not going to run your program at our library. Which is shocking because you would think that that's what libraries are for facilities for people to read their books and story hours are for children. Uh, so why would a library committed to diversity and inclusion exclude me from reading my book? It's interesting that some of them gave you reasons for it. You know, that, that a reason would be, Oh, this doesn't align with our values. These are, these are not, as far as I understand, most of them are not private institutions. They're publicly no, these funded. Are public libraries. Right. I mean, so the values should be community values, I would assume, right? Not just like, Oh, the values of the librarians in those locations. Or am I, am I crazy? I, I don't think that sounds crazy. I, I think that the public libraries are government funded by the people who live within those communities and that the values of the community members ought to be uh, valued and they ought to be shared with their children. Now, uh, I don't know what kind of parents bring their children to drag queen story hours, but I certainly know that there are many, many families who would love to have their children learn how to grow the fruit of kindness, of gentleness, of faithfulness, and self-control. In fact, the book that I wrote, As You Grow, uh, doesn't contain uh, the word God or the Bible uh, or a Bible verse itself. It's simply teaching these virtues that are universally valued. In fact, I think that drag queens would love my book if they just took the time to read it. What has this been like, this process? I mean, there have been a lot of headlines about this, a lot of opinions. Um, it's pretty much been an endless uh, story for you. What has that been like? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to be a good father. I'm trying to raise my kids. I'm trying to be a good husband and a good citizen of the United States. And our forefathers and foremothers warned us. They, they told us the way to go, the things that are important, and chief among those are faith, in God and in his word and morality. Uh, George Washington said those are the two indispensable uh, supports of the country. Uh, Our chief justices of our Supreme Court said that these are the paramount things. Noah Webster, who gave us Noah's 
Noah's, um, I'm sorry, the, the Webster's Dictionary was also the father of American education, said the most important thing you could ever teach your children are uh, the virtues of Christianity, because it's the only foundation upon which a free republic like ours can stand. So I'm just trying to do those things. I'm not trying to make headlines. Others are making headlines by uh, hiding behind the word tolerance when they appear to be actually advancing totalitarianism. Uh, it seems as though the banner of coexistence is really a cloak for conquest of values and ideas they don't like. And so this kind of doublespeak needs to be exposed, but more importantly, it needs to be uh, defeated because when Christians just complain about stuff, mm -hmm. as I said uh, the other night on, on Fox, many Christians get told, no, you can't do that. We don't like you. We don't like your values. And so they tuck their tail between their legs. They go home, cry in their Chick-fil-A soup and wait for the rapture. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Um, the, the, the pilgrims, um, St. Patrick, John Knox, uh, the apostles, the disciples would, would be rolling over in their graves uh, if they saw Christians with that kind of jellyfish backbone, what we need to be doing is using the tools, the biblically based tools that we have in our constitution, in the bill of rights, uh, and push back on this kind of tyranny. And even more importantly, we need to get back to the word of God and we need to be teaching these children at our kitchen, at our kitchen table, uh, not sending them to libraries where, uh, you know, male dancers in women's clothing uh, torque for children, hoping to get them to donate uh, money in their brassieres. Well, it's it's interesting to me that, you know, the argument so often is, well, if parents don't want to bring their kids to a drag queen story hour, then they won't. You know, the program can be there and they can make that decision. If that's the argument someone's going to make, if, okay, and I'm not saying I agree with that argument, it's interesting that when you have the opportunity to have somebody like you go and read a Bible-based book, that the same argument wouldn't at the least stand. Yeah. If people want to go see you and they want to hear you read the book, they're going to go. And if they don't, they're not going to go, right? But so it's right. intriguing. But, yeah. Well, it's terrifying to me because I see what it is. It's actually just a slippery slope. And, um, you know... I feel like sometimes we're just thick, we're thick headed and we're in a bit of intellectual fog as people within the community of faith, because uh, these are tactics of war. These are tactics uh, that, again, are a, a pretense of tolerance, which is really just a transitional step toward totalitarianism. First, it's accept. First, these ideas are accepted. Give us a seat at the table. But then they own the table and uh, poison everybody else at the table that they don't like. You can head over to bravebooks.com for more on Cameron's new book and the story. And catch our full conversation with Kirk Cameron over at cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. All right, Billy, thanks for that uh, interview there. Appreciate it. And that leaves us with time for one last thing. Yeah, you know, we're closing in on, on the Christmas holiday, which is crazy that we're already to the end of December. But I think it's a good time to focus on the reason for the season, the reason we're all celebrating, right? So Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And like that's why that's why Christ came, right? And the only way that we can have that joy and that peace and that hope is by trusting in Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to do that transformative work in our lives. Yeah. Amen. And I, and I think too, in, in Luke, um, when the 10 lepers are healed 
and only one comes back. There are just so many times in my life where I feel like I've been one of the nine and I don't look yeah. back and I just go on worrying about one thing, then worry to the next thing. But we got to be like the one more times and go back and say thanks because when you look back at the benchmarks of your life, so many times you're going to see, wow, God delivered there. He delivered there. He got me through this, you know? And, and so to your point from Romans there, we need to just trust in the Lord and just trust that he's got a good plan for us, that works have been prepared for us ahead of time uh, for us to walk in. And it's just our job to walk in them and be faithful and trust and good things will come of that. And um, I think it's a great reminder. Well, and that that's what instills peace, right? And, yeah. we, and so many times when we don't have peace, it's because we're not reflecting back on those moments where God has delivered. I love the way you, yeah. you frame that, Dan. Yeah, excellent. All right, great place to leave it here on this uh, mini Monday. If you're not caffeinated and contented, well, then get to <laughs> it. Get yourself some coffee, some Diet Mountain Dew. That's controversial. I realize it, but it's, it's the drink of choice for this presenter. But uh, nevertheless, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise or the Mountain Dew doesn't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you then. <laughs>